Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. I'm watching the C.J. Stroud interception right now. The offensive line didn't protect for him all day long. Didn't really see the pressure there on the interception. All I'm hoping is we don't see it with Bryce Young on Saturday yeah, against the Jets. Yeah, he said he didn't see the the, uh, the corner that was sitting there. I, be- I believe him. I, mean, yeah. <laughs> I think it looked that way. I think it's pretty evident that he yeah. didn't see the corner sitting there. <laughs> As he threw it, two out of the four passes C.J. Stroud threw were completions, and that was it. One of them was an interception, Jalen Mills, and after two series, C.J. Stroud was over and done with. So, again, the stats for C.J. in the preseason game, number one for the Houston Texans against the New England Patriots. C.J. goes 2 of 4 on 11 plays with an interception and only two series played. I don't want to ask this question, right? Mm-hmm. What, what I, wanna, I don't want to ask the question about if we should be concerned long-term about mm-hmm. C.J. Stroud because it's just one game. I'll tell you this, though, Wes. I'm concerned this year. For the Houston Texans, after what I saw the last couple of series for CJ, the offensive line doesn't look good. No. So I know you have Larry Mutunsel on the left side. Okay. You have a really good pass rush that the New England Patriots are going to deploy this season. Keon White, I believe, was the guy that was in the backfield all night long. He looked very good. There are some injuries. There are some things to talk about. But, man, that that Houston offensive line, it looked real bad. And so if that's the case, we can go back to what Mike Florio and Chris Sims were talking about earlier in the week. They were discussing how bad of a spot Bryce Young is in. Okay. Would you rather have the pressure that Bryce Young has, but with an offensive line that at the very worst is going to be an average offensive line this year? And we agree that it's going to be better than average, but at the very worst, the floor for me is going to be that this is an average offensive line. I'd rather be number one overall pick with the pressure that comes with every quarterback that is the number one overall pick. Have this coaching staff where you have bright minds offensively from all different walks of life with that offensive line and West. The only wide receiver group ranked behind Carolina, according to PFF, it was Houston. Now, you have Tank Dell, but Carolina has Jonathan Mingo. Even if Tank Dell's better, who knows how much better he can be in his rookie season. That's the situation, along with Anthony Richardson, but I like Shane Steichen a lot as an offensive mind. And so, I think rookie QB situations, that might be the worst one to be in right now. That is not an indictment on D'Amico Ryans. I like him as a head coach, and I like the long-term process that they're about to go through. But right now, rookie season number one, I think CJ might have the toughest of sledding to all the QBs we expect to play significantly in their first year. Well, not to mention, this Houston offensive line was the worst team in the league at generating yards before contact in the run game. So it doesn't look like it doesn't look like he's going to get a ton of help there. Uh, but the thing you do look at, though, Davis Mills did come in and play pretty well. And then Case Keenum has been on 600 teams. He was 9 of 14. And Houston well. three times, by the way. This is third time back yeah. with Houston. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that, that's the interesting part about that one. And so they were talking about 
out this morning if C.J. Strauss had maybe sit for a little bit, at least for a while, and play behind Davis Mills. But as far as when you look at Carolina, you heard about some of the issues uh, that they had maybe during the Jets uh, joint practices. And so you can't wait to see how they're going to play when they get out there in this football game. You heard about the struggles, especially in the middle of that offensive line. And so that's going to be interesting. That's going to be, I think, one of the key things people are going to look at on Saturday is the protection. Does it look good? Is Bryce, because I'm telling you right now, man, if he gets sacked, I mean, if you put a number on it, I can live with a sack in two series, but you give up Two, three, people are going to start oh, to get sure. a little antsy. They're going to like, like, I don't know. So that that's the only thing the Houston fans, I think, last night they looked at. And I think Carolina fans kind of put Bryce Young in his shoes to an extent and say, well, what if it looks like this? Don't you want him to get sacked, though? Don't you want him to get hit? And when he gets really. back up, he's like, <laughs> because like, like. That's why I said ASAC. You know, like. Every person that has something negative to say about Bryce Young, whether it's Nick Reich or whoever the, the, these people are, it's all about the size. So let's say he does get sacked once or twice, and he stands back up and stands in the pocket and makes a NFL-type throw like he did his entire career at Alabama. It'll lessen the concern because like, it's going to happen. He's going to get hit. I remember Eli Manning used to say he, he always wanted to get hit in the preseason because you don't get hit in practice. That's true. So Bryce Young isn't getting hit in practice. It's been Almost eight months since he last took a hit on a football field. You want to see him get hit and then stand right back up and say, guys, I'm going to be okay. I understand your point, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen at some point anyway. So I would rather him stay as upright as possible. In the preseason, if he gets hit, we're still going to have those. We're still going to have those same concerns once we get to week one, once we get to week four, once we get to week seven. Those are still going to be there because all it takes is one hit. So it doesn't matter if you had however many sacks. Let's say you get sacked once a game on average, two times a game on average, whatever. That might be a little too much, but you get the idea. Eh, maybe not. Whatever it is, you're still going to be worried in the middle portion of the season because he is so small. It's going to take some time to get over the concerns that you have about his size. It, you'll you'll be okay with it at the end of the year if he's healthy the whole way through and he doesn't get banged up. Okay, we got through the first year unscathed for the most part. That's a great sign going into year number two. But I think logical minds can understand this is how the injury process works. All it takes is one bad hit. Joe Burrow took one bad hit in his rookie season. Got his ankle rolled up on, had to miss a long time, and he came back and became one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. But to me, I understand your point, Fiddy. Like, I, I remember that quote from Eli, too. That would just get him ready to go for the season. But you're going to get hit, at least. Maybe not in the preseason if you only play two or three series, but in the regular season, once you get hit, you're ready to go. It's going to happen at some point. Yeah, no doubt about it. And so the thing is, though, you just don't want to see Bryce Young look constantly hurried. You don't want to see him. And that's why I said if – I'm only getting two to three possessions out of him. I don't want to see him sacked more than twice and twice. I'm going to get a little leery, but how does it look? Does it look like he's been constantly pressured and he's running for his life the whole time that he's in there? Or does it just look like, okay, coverage sack, they got him one time, everybody was covered, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Second one, maybe somebody misses a blocking assignment or something like that. All right, but if it looks like, that front four is just coming, and they're just beating guys one-on-one -on -one matchups. That's what you don't want to see. Let's hear from C.J. Stroud on his first preseason game in the NFL. Here he is discussing the turnover. I just want to thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, man, just 
kind of a crazy opportunity uh, to be able to go out my first NFL stadium, first NFL game, and just a lot of things uh, that I've been through to just get to that moment. So it was just special. Uh, of course, um, just wish I didn't do one mistake on one certain play, but other than that, thought I played solid. Felt good to get hit again. Um, there you go. Just get back in the group. I just think that <laughs> that's what preseason is for. It's important uh, just to get back and put your feet back in the water. So, um, not of course, I'm not super excited how I play. Didn't get to play a lot, but uh, just get my feet in the water, learn from my mistakes, and just keep growing. All right. Well, CJ Stroud wanted to get hit again. I, I bet he's not going to say that if he gets hit in the second preseason game. It's like, all right, you got hit once. That's enough. That'll do. I would like to stay upright for the rest of the NFL season. Bryce Young, we're hoping that as well. Now, George Shahri yesterday said Bryce Young's reasonable expectation is rookie of the year. Neat saying you know, over Bijan Robinson, over what you have with C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, right? Reasonable expectation is rookie of the year. Who are the guys that have a real shot at beating Bryce Young? Because you can go to the running back down in Atlanta. Bijan, the favorite for a reason. We know the success of rookie running backs. They can step in right away and be pro bowlers and even all pros because they amass just so much yardage. And that is a, we've talked about this, the running back value, whatever, right? So Bijan is one. Anthony Richardson, I think, is up there. If Anthony Richardson shows out, if the offensive line is better with the Colts this year than what it was in, in the season that Matt Ryan played up there, we know that Richardson has all the mobility in the world. If he throws better than what most people expect, I would imagine the rushing yards are going to be there for Anthony Richardson. I don't think C.J. Stroud is going to be in a position to beat Bryce Young this season. It, for me, it's going to have to totally be on C.J. balling out himself. I just don't believe in the situation he's in in year one. They've got a lot of work to do to help that roster get to a place where they're contending. Carolina does not. They're going to be content. They're going to be a tough out. It doesn't mean that they're absolutely going to make the playoffs this year, but Carolina should absolutely should end with a better record this season than what Houston has. And because winning matters when we try to figure out who should win rookie of the year, unless you're running back and the only thing you can do is amass a million yards. And I expect Bijan to do that. I really only see two guys, Wes, maybe a breakout wide receiver. Jordan Addison looked really good with Minnesota. That catch that was called incomplete on the sideline. Wide receiver in the NFL. You got to practically put up 16,000 yards to get any type of award. Well, Garrett Wilson got it last year. (laughs) I'm saying outside of, you know, offensive rookie of the year, but I I get it. You know what? That's what I'm saying, right? Like we we can see wide receivers get rookie of the year. We saw it with Garrett Wilson. That that could happen. So Mm -hmm. maybe that happens. Maybe an Addison. Maybe, you know, I I don't think there's going to be enough for JSN and Seattle. I think he's going to be the third target. But yeah, I I see like three guys and I don't even think CJ Stroud is going to contend for rookie of the year. What do you think, Wes? Uh, Yeah, I think it will be for sure a good race. Uh, I think there are some guys that are uh, in the ranking. Like you said, Anthony Richardson could end up making some plays and and end up being in the mix for that. But B. John Robinson, not to try to, you know, get on the favorite and... And I know how you all are running backs, but uh, there's been a lot of good news coming out about Jameer Gibbs, too, man. He looks pretty good out there in Detroit. So this is another guy that I think could end up uh, making some noise as well as a as a dual threat back in that Detroit offense. So those would be my contenders uh, if I were you. And, and Zay Flowers is another guy that you've been hearing a ton about. So I think there, there's some good competition for guys. But if I had to give you three to four guys not named Bryce Young that could win this award – my picks would be Zay Flowers. Uh, I would go with Bijan, Jameer Gibbs, and um, Anthony Richardson. 
Those would be my guys outside of Bryce. Richardson's the wild card, right? Like, yes. like, like, like if he hits and has like a Cam Newton s type of season, then he he probably wins the award. I mean, like, I don't want to go ahead and say because I'm not a betting man. If if I had if I had to bet money, I'd put a lot of money on Bryce Young to win the award, just because I feel like he's in the best situation. And like for a running back, like if B. John Robinson were to win Rookie of the Year, what's he got to run for? 1,400 yards, probably double-digit touchdowns. Yeah, but it's possible. That's the thing. These We've seen so many rookie yeah. running backs come in. I mean, the history is there. Because ran for 1,000 last year as a rookie in Atlanta. And it's it's not it's not even an outlier. I, I don't want to bring in this one instance, hey, actually it happened in 2008, so watch your mouth. It's not like that. There's actually a You pretty, need to watch your mouth. <laughs> there's a pretty big history of rookie running backs coming into the league and wrecking shop. They've been that good. And Bijan, even higher on some of the running backs prospects we've seen taken in the first round point is made though i still like your take because winning football games is going to carry a lot of weight mm-hmm. well and i think the question is, is should it or like if you're a great rookie on a bad team should you still be rewarded it just depends i think it just goes on how great were you like if you've got a guy and bryce young is playing good football and the panthers win nine games or eight games but they miss the playoffs but Bijan. And the Falcons do not, but he rushes for 1,600 yards. Then, like I said, that's an undeniable number. Yeah, and Anthony Richardson rushing total is going to help him. That's going to provide him a floor. And it's why I don't see a lot of C.J. Stroud winning the rookie of the year. I would be out on that future bad. And it's all about the situation. It's not an indictment on how bad he's going to be for the rest of his career. It's not an indictment on D'Amico or even Houston right now. It's just they have so much work. Yeah. I mean, they traded Brandon uh, Cooks, who was a real solid wide receiver. And now you're working with, like, Nico Collins, Tank Dell, an offensive line that has some guys out Mechie right now. Too. But I like, I like Mechie. I think he could maybe end up being something. So so maybe. But, yeah, the... the um, prognosis on those guys really working out this year it's going to be tough to see what you think Fitty? i was just going to ask i mean outside of bryce young richardson is the guy across the nfl we're all wanting to watch the most this weekend right like and it's not yeah. even it's not even close am, am i right on that i agree no i i'm totally with you i Wes? think uh, i'm trying to think I, I was just trying to cycle in my head uh i'd say 49ers first and then uh anthony richardson who on the 49ers <laughs> are you interested in yeah, I mean, we, yeah, they said the rookies are struggling. But, I mean, but, honestly, actually, you know what? I take that back because Trey Lance, if he looks good in preseason, we're going to be talking about it. Yeah. People are going to be talking about and, Trey Lance. And I also wanted to go back to, to the whole Bryce Young getting sacked deal. Like, I mean, last year at Alabama, he was relatively good money as far as he only got sacked 18 times. But 2021, his Heisman season, he got sacked 39 times. Who did? Okay. What was the athlete you mentioned? Bryce Young. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So... And I know people say, well, the NFL and the SEC doesn't relate. But still, 39 sacks, that's a lot of sacks. That was a bad Alabama offensive line uh, that season. They gave up over 40 on the year. So it did show that he could deal with not having the greatest yeah. offensive line. Well, and this is this is the part that often falls upon deaf ears because nobody wants to hear it when we talk about Alabama. But George Shahery said it yesterday on these airwaves. He was not dealing with phenomenal talent that usually helps a quarterback at Alabama last year. It was a little bit different. The offensive line, not as good as they have been, and the wide receiving core, even if it's it's okay. Like, it's pretty good, but it's not nearly what they've had where they have, you know, two or three guys going in the first round. It was a little different than some of these other Alabama quarterbacks that we've seen. Mac Jones threw, a he- threw to a Heisman winner. <laughs> you know, Tua comes in and throws to a Heisman winner to win a championship. And that was a guy that wasn't even real productive in Devontae Smith his first year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. You have 
we know the wide receiver history at Alabama, and so I I totally agree with you. I I like Fitty's take on that. We're all Bryce Young fans here. We yeah. all think the world of him coming into his rookie season. Yeah, just to put a bow on it real quick, I did want to say on that game last night an observation. Oh, Will Anderson, man. What Oof. about him? You like him? Pretty doggone good. That first step. Mm. Defensive rookie of the year. Maybe you could see that from yeah. Houston. Yeah, yeah. He does, man. That all first step do, was mean. All you got to do is post sacks in the NFL. That's all you got to do. If Will Anderson does that, then he'll win Defensive yeah, Rookie of the Year. Good. Yeah. Oh, you can Picked see some quarterbacks number, to it, though. Yeah. What number is it? 51. It's, it looks awful. He doesn't look good in his uniform. I'm big on that aesthetics. How do you look in your uniform? It didn't look good. I am, too. 51's okay for me. I didn't like it. I don't mind it. Do you like 51 okay, Fitty? Ah, uh, no. I mean, I think if he's the badass that Wes makes him out to be, like you put him in a single digit <laughs> and he's out there wrecking shop. Or his 31 that he won college. I've told you a million times. I wish whoever came up with the numerical system created more single digits. I always want a single digit, man. But unfortunately, I couldn't have it. Yeah, Mike Golick Jr. called me high for that take when he joined us that one time. He said, I want to smoke what you've been smoking. But it's so it's true. High. You're just a nerd. I don't know if it's a nerd take. Okay, nerd, nerd would appreciate the numerical system for what it is. I was going to say lame take, but I went with nerd because it felt better, but okay. maybe I should have went with lame. All right. So we're just, you know, I, I was trying to show you love today, but now I'm just getting hated on by one Fitty Marlowe. That's just fine. Let's finish out. Team week for the Duke Blue Devils. We'll go over their schedule or their make or break points for them in the season. We'll also play some sound on Duke from Riley Leonard and the legend himself, Phil Steele. All coming up next, it's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. It's the sound you've waited months to hear. It's caused some of your greatest triumphs. The Duke Blue Devils win the military bowl. And your biggest heartbreaks. The Duke Blue Devils are going to set a record here this afternoon. Never before have they won 10 games in a season. It's the option at Georgia Tech. It's Howard's Rock. The smoke in Miami. 35 and every Saturday, you tap that sign. The wait is over. College football is here. You are immersed in the Wesson Walker Show. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Hit that text line 704-570-9610. And going back to our Rookie of the Year discussion, Wolfpack James said that if anybody has a Cam Newton type of year and doesn't win, I want to see the guy who beats that guy. And then, Walker, to your whole numbers deal, 
Hunter says, my favorite number is three. I was tall and bigger than all the other kids, and the bigger numbers are always for the bigger sizes. One year, they switched it and made the bigger sizes the smaller numbers, and I was so happy I got to be number three one season in Little League. It's true. It's tough out here for the tall dudes playing basketball because the 40 numbers, they were reserved for me. I got Once I got to be a senior, I went down to the 30s, and that was the lowest I could go. But shout out to Akeem Olajuwon, war number 34, and it looked a lot better on me than, uh, I believe, 52, who I wore for James Worthy. Yeah, 52 is up there, boy. <laughs> I did not like it. Uh, when I chose my number in football, which is uh, still tatted, I'll be now. When I first started playing offensive line, I forget. I think I was 84 because I was a tight end and a defensive end in ninth grade. And then when I switched to offensive line, I wanted to be number 79 like Eric Williams from the Cowboys because I thought he looked so dope in his uniform. Didn't have 79, so I had to go with 72, and then it stuck with me ever since. So, offensive lineman with single digits, it almost feels like a waste. I apologize to the offensive lineman <laughs> I host the show with, but I will say, if you were to give me one fantastic single-digit play, how about a guard pull blocking, and then that big old single digit is going after a linebacker and just wrecking him? That's when it looks aesthetically pleasing. But just <laughs> staying in the pocket and pass protection, yeah, I don't want a single digit wasted on an offensive line. All right. Team week continues. The Duke Blue Devils final predictions were going to go over and the Blue Devils start the season on Labor Day, Monday night against the Clemson Tigers. That's going to be a huge game, in my opinion. Let's hear what quarterback Riley Leonard had to say about playing the Tigers to start the season. This is an opportunity and less of a challenge. Everybody says, oh, you're, you're, you're scheduled this year. That's a real challenge for you guys. No, it's an opportunity to prove to the country that we're not a one-year team. Last year, um, obviously had a great year, but we're here to stay. Coach Elko obviously signing um, an extension in his contract. He's here to stay. All these players, like I say, who have the eligibility to come back, come back. We're here to stay. We're here to win football games for a long time. Like I say, I just may. <laughs> we can lay by the bay and eat some hay. What do you say? Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Getting your Dr. Seuss on. All right, Walker, so let's go check out this Duke Blue Devil schedule that is pretty tough in our first quarter of the season. I will kick things off. Of course, I've been the guy that's gone out on a limb and said that the Blue Devils will indeed take out the Clemson Tigers and make a statement to the rest of the ACC to start the season. So I've got them winning that one and wins at Lafayette, Northwestern, and UConn. Even though that UConn game is tricky because they are uh, on the come up. And so I think that that'll be a tough game for Duke, but I think they get the win. Yeah, I'm going to go three and one and keep it real simple. Not a whole lot of breakdown to me, to be honest with you. Clemson and Duke is going to be a phenomenal game. No doubt about it. I know you have them starting four and zero because this has been your team all along. You have been a Wake Forest fan for a long time. You now are shifting fandoms. I don't care what anybody says to the Duke Blue Devils. Totally get it. That game's going to be exciting. They lose. I'm going to give Clemson the benefit of the doubt as we preach about. They beat every other team they have, Lafayette, Northwestern, UConn. I got them winning the rest of the three games before they get into a really tough part of the schedule. Notre Dame, NC State, Florida State coming out. All right, so then we've got a tough slate, as you said. Notre Dame, NC State, Florida State, and Louisville. I've got them going 3-1 and one in that stretch with the only loss coming to the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Even though they get them at home, that's another massive game for them. So their home fans definitely get some treats this year. This is a really 
uh, good schedule for them, but I've got them going three and one in this uh, stress. So I'm all in on the Blue Devils right now, man. I got them seven and one. They'll be the talk of the town if they can uh, get to this point. Yeah, that's two home games in a row against Notre Dame and NC State. Now we haven't done NC State team week yet. All my, if you were to match my schedules with everybody we've talked about, they wouldn't. They wouldn't match. I don't know. I know I gave Wake Forest a lot of love. Yeah, I'm probably going to give Duke a lot of love the way I've been talking about him. I think they actually lose to Notre Dame. I had Duke upsetting Notre Dame because I know Fitty was angry with me. That was at the end of the season. I think Duke, it's going to be tough to get off to a 5-0 and start for them, um, or at least for me, it's 3-1. and So then they go 3-2 and with that loss to Notre Dame. I do have them beating NC State. I think Duke will be the better football team. I think they lose on the road to Florida State, and then I have them winning on the road against Louisville. So for me, I actually have them with three losses, two-thirds of the way in the season. I know it's not necessarily matching up with how much I've preached my love for Duke this year, but maybe they're able to make up some wins on the back end. All right, so then when we go to the back end of the schedule, Wake Forest, North Carolina, Virginia, and Pitt. So kind of 50-50 there with tough games and then games that they should be favored in. With the Demon Deeks, listen, man, I got to go with uh, Wake at home. Duke and Wake always play great games against each other. I don't think Duke is just going to run the slate, so I think they run into an issue down in Winston-Salem. Then I've got them beating the Tar Heels, getting that get back from last year when Drake May came and broke their hearts at the <laughs> last minute. I've got them getting some get back, got them beating uh, Virginia. And then I got Pitt coming in and picking them off at the end of the season. Uh, I don't expect the Blue Devils to necessarily win 10 games, so I got them going 9-3. and three. You have them beating Clemson then going 9-3. and three. I expected 10 wins from you. I did. A little disappointed. I think they'll get caught a couple times. I mean, I, I think there'll be some good parity in the league where they're going to uh, have some tough games. So, I have them beating Wake Forest. I have them losing to North Carolina. Chapel Hill, Drake May, and the crew, as Wes likes to say. Sure. They take care of business. <laughs> and then they win on the road against Virginia. And then they beat Pittsburgh at home. So, for me, I have them going 8-4. and four. The losses that I have them suffering, Clemson to start the season, Notre Dame in the middle portion, and on the road against Florida State, their other loss, the only other one that will come after that, will be on the road against North Carolina. I have them finishing 8-4 and four this season, and I would expect them to win their bowl game, you know, depending on matchups, right? We'll have to see then. But we saw that's them. That's fine. That's why I got 10-3. and three. Well, and yeah, there you go. Uh, we saw them <laughs> take care of business. They cared about that bowl game last year. All right, we got a lot of face like expressions. I don't know what's going on over there. Either Fitty's eating a bad chicken wing or he's angry with one of our takes. What you got over there? Chicken wings are not bad. Mm-hmm. Hot honey from checks. They're, they're hot and they're good. Wes. Yo. You, you just said on the air that Duke is going to beat Clemson. Mm-hmm. They're going to beat uh, Florida state. Mm-hmm. And they're going to beat North Carolina, mm-hmm. but they're going to lose to Wake Forest? You get a lot of weeks where sometimes That's you're going to lose though. some games that you shouldn't lose or you get some upsets. Wes, this would – now, I, I love this scenario, though, because you're right. You know what? I Actually, I was too busy focusing on my own schedule. <laughs> I don't know if it really processed for me uh-huh. that you have them beating Florida State. So you have them beating Clemson and Florida State. Wes – If they do this thing Mm -hmm. exactly to what you're discussing and they even go into the last game of the season with an ability to win 10 games and then they drop it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
how are we feeling about that Duke football season? If you beat Clemson <laughs> and Florida State, and then uh-huh. you drop the last game of the year to go nine and three, when you have a chance to go to ten and two. How do we feel about what Duke was able to do over the course of the regular season? Well, if they're going to Charlotte, I mean, you feel great about it. I mean, if they're going to Charlotte for short, is that is that going to be enough? I mean, I guess, what was North Carolina's record last year when they got there? They were 9-3. and three. They lose the ACC championship okay, game. 9-4. and four, They lose the bowl game. I just... Explain to me how they're going to beat Clemson, Florida State, and North Carolina. Teams that have superior quarterback play than what Wake Forest has. But they're going to lose to Wake Forest. Well, I told you, for one, that Mitch Griffiths is the real deal. I know you don't know that yet, but I just think that he is the real deal. Wake and Duke is the rivalry. They always play great, close games. And I think that uh, the Deeks are going to bounce back and get that get back from last season. So I just think that sometimes in college football, you know you get those weird weekends where teams get picked off. I don't think Duke is going to just run the table. But uh, like I, think- I see it, I, you just have it more frequently than I would have guessed. Because yeah. I definitely... Because I had Duke beating, or I had Wake Forest beating Notre Dame. Because I think the storylines for that one, you have enough there. Which in my is opinion. also wild because they got to go to South Bend 100%. in like late October, early November. It's going to be cold as hell. Yeah, which is totally fine with me, though. Like, I still think Notre Dame isn't so unbeatable. We saw that last year, even if they came on stronger as the season went on. For me, I think. Wake Forest, I, I like Mitch Griffiths, but for me, you have them like you've got them doing some of the opposite stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, getting ready for these monster matchups, and then that would be tough. Like for a Duke fan, it would be a great season. It really would. Yeah. But that would be really tough because you could see an opportunity. We could be talking about them if all of that happens, and they don't even suffer some of the earlier losses you talked about. Like, there's going to be the, hey, wild take. Well, is there a possibility for a playoff spot? That's also here? because I don't think Clemson or Florida State are going to be what people think they're going to be. So that also plays into it. So yeah, it's like, you know, you get the wins against those teams, but it's not like you're beating grade A-plus level Clemson and Florida State, though. Well, you know, to, to go back to what we, or what Walker said earlier in the show where he thinks the ACC is going to be better, mm-hmm. if Duke represents this conference in the ACC title game, that doesn't help this conference's reputation nationally. You know what? It doesn't, and that's a shame. It doesn't. It doesn't mean that those guys will be proven true. Who thinks that? It just. It will be a shame. It's all about what Florida State does. And I think it depends on how many teams they've got ranked at the end of the day. That's true, but all of it. We all know it's about Florida State because well, they're the I one mean, being I mean, crazy out here. I mean, and, and Carolina. Like, if Carolina lives up to their potential with the Heisman hopeful quarterback. You know, and they're back in Charlotte at ten and two, eleven and one, and they're going against an eleven and one or twelve and zero Clemson. And then let's say Florida State goes nine and three, ten and two. Then I think the reputation's in better hands. hundred percent. But you need Florida State to be good this year. Oh, you do. But I mean, Carolina should be better because they got the best quarterback in the conference. Yeah, that's a, that's true. I and that's why I think everybody is going to be. I think you are going to end up in a better spot than where they began. I did want to go to the Phil Steele conversation. Yeah, because, I was about to go to that as well. Yeah, Fiddy, you can play that cut from Phil Steele. Let's see what he thinks about Duke and how good they can be. Now, this Duke squad is better than last year, but they're not going to match last year's nine-win total. Why is that? Well, they have a much tougher schedule. In fact, last year, they only faced four teams that had a winning record. This year, it's just a brutal schedule. I rated number 22 in the country. Opens up with Clemson. They've got Notre Dame. They've got to go at Florida State, at North Carolina. I don't think they matched last year's nine-win total, but the over-under win total is now six-and-a-half on Duke, and I'm going to bet on Mike Elko to top that six-and-a-half win total. So there we go. I mean, we have them each 
crossing that threshold, but doing it in different ways. Oh, I don't have them cross. I, I have them finishing over the at eight six and- wins. Though that's what I'm oh, saying. Oh, for like over six said. wins. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I have them at eight and four, mm-hmm. and, and so not. But the same thing, right? So the same idea of what Phil was talking about. They won't reach the nine wins, but they will be a better football team, and it is just going to be a tougher schedule. And I guess if you want to look at mine and poke holes in it just real quickly, they could pull off one of the upsets because I do have them going zero and three against the same opponents that you have them going three and zero against. So we do have very different schedules here and a very similar record at the very end of it. Florida State on the road is going to be tough. Florida State on the road, Clemson at home. I I am going to be very excited for that matchup. It's going to be a lot of fun. North Carolina. I mean, that one's 50-50. Even it's, if, it's it's not since Mac Brown's come back, though. He hasn't lost to him. Yeah, but, but this is, we can all agree, though, very different Duke football team last year and this year than what Mac Brown had been used to prior now, to these last I don't last like to get years. into the shit of losses last year, but you know you guys escaped the jaws of death last well, year I mean, because of Drake May. Yeah, because you got the best quarterback in the conference. Right, but we're going to see this year because ain't no Josh Downs and there's some some dogs missing out of there, and Duke got all their dogs in the yard. They, I'm interested to see what Team Week <laughs> gives us when West goes for the final schedule for for North Carolina. Like, do you have them barely becoming bowl eligible? Well, I picked them uh, in the preseason poll. What I say, six? I think I had Carolina like six. Right. You know, that's what you said. I wouldn't have repeated it, but that's what you said. <laughs> well, a lot of guys, and they did take L's down the stretch. But anyway, uh, when we come back on the Wesson Walker Show, Jeff Taylor joins us, the sports director from the CW on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Closing out the 1 o'clock hour on Wesson Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. You can check us out on our website as well. The best of segments, the best of hours, WFNZ.com. Very easy. All you got to do is just click the Wesson Walker tab on WFNZ.com. We'll go live, but you can also catch it in case you missed some of this or in case you just want to listen to it again. Let's go over to the Body Works Plus guest hotline and welcome Jeff Taylor, sports director at the CW. You can also catch him on the 704 High School Highlight Podcast, a renaissance man covering it all, but also we'll be talking to him a lot throughout the season, talking about high school football in the local area. Jeff, thanks so much for making time, man. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great, guys. Thank you so much for uh, the opportunity to do this. Kind of my inaugural call, so I'm kind of excited. I hope you guys are well. Oh, we are, and it is your inaugural call. It, it sounds like it, man. He's ready to go. <laughs> it's football season, man. It's football hey. Friday. Jeff just wants to join the fun, too. So <laughs> that's why he's on with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. And, Jeff, you just took over as sports director of the CW1 in the last year. Do I have that right? 
That is correct. Uh, about a year or so. I uh, started back in TV in the late 90s, early 2000s, doing local, and did some network with the Nashville Network back in the day, and then kind of got out of it for a while and helped raise my three boys, and um, back at it. So been about a year as the sports director here. That's awesome. Well, we appreciate you hopping on with us, talking some football. Let's start with the Carolina Panthers before we move on to some Charlotte-area high school football. Um, we'll be focusing a little bit more as the season goes on, as I mentioned. Sure. But with Carolina starting here tomorrow, first preseason game, first time we get to see Bryce Young take on an opponent other than really the Jets and joint practice and the Carolina Panthers defense time and time again. What kind of things do you expect from the Carolina Panthers this year? Well, I think you want to get, you know, Bryce out there and get him some confidence. I think, you know, we're all excited to see him. It's going to be his first time kind of in the limelight, you know, out on the field and kind of real game action. So I think we're all curious to see what he's going to do there. You know, we watched C.J. Stroud last night, and it was kind of what I expected from a rookie. I mean, I'm hoping Bryce will be a little bit better than two of four with an interception. Um, so I think, you know, we get Bryce out there, we get him comfortable with how long he'll play. I, I don't know. And I'm also just curious to see, and it's kind of been my thought process all during the offseason is, where's this running game going to go? Um, because I think, you know, you've got to have that running game to help this young quarterback out. So, you know, what, what Miles Sanders is going to produce, um, I'll be curious to see how the running game uh, goes tomorrow night. And then, you know, the defensive side of the ball, you know, that 3-4 D now um, kind of new with that. So see how that plays out. But obviously, you know, Bryce, get him out there, get him some reps, um, and hopefully build a little confidence in him. Jeff West Bryan here. And when you look at the landscape of high school football, we're going to turn the page there. And the Observer Preseason Sweet 16 poll uh, just came out a week or so ago. And you look at Providence Day and Huff and Independence at the top of it. But who are some of the teams you've got your eye on as we approach the season? Wow. Um, you know, it, it, it's interesting because over the last um, 27 days, we've been to 28 schools, I think, and uh, run packages on all of them on the CW. And, you know, for me, um, I'm really curious to see what, you know, um, and you mentioned them. To me, one of the best stories out there, I think, is Independence with DJ McFadden and, the, you know, the job he's done in year three coming up and what they did last year. Um, Mallard Creek and Coach Tinsley, you know, he, he's done a great job out there trying to get them back to where they were getting those state championships, you know, Audrey Kell, you know, what they did last year and uh, Coach Yakim out there and, and the kind of the program he has there, um, you know, and, and it's just those are kind of the upper ones that I see, you know, along with, you know, Weddington and what they've done. But there's also schools out there. I'm so curious. I had, a, as a matter of fact, it released today, uh, the 704 High School Highlight Podcast. I had uh, Coach Grindhorn from West Charlotte and, and the job he's done there trying to get that program back on track. There's just so many good stories. Um, and that's why we love high school football so much, and that's why here at CW and Bay Hackle Sports, you know, we, we've kind of labeled ourselves your home for high school sports. So um, just fired up to see the season. But, you know, to me, the Huff, the Mallet Creek, the Indy, uh, you know, and, and the Lit Chambers, you know, Chambers is Chambers, you know, and what they're going to do this year, I think um, they're going to get back to, you know, where they were and, and, and their winning program. So, uh, you know, I could talk for hours. That's what's the most exciting part about it all. And then when you look at the feature that you guys did with Coach McFadden and talking about this independence program, and this is a program that's seen the highest of highs, and then they are now just getting back to prominence. And what was your takeaway when you went to visit them, and how is he able to get this program back to where they are so relevant in this area again? Great question. You know, it's all about culture. And I think, you know, DJ McFadden had the, the chance to play under Tom Knotts, who won seven state championships with him and now is doing great things in South Carolina. And talking with Coach McFadden and, and even in the kids, you can hear building that culture, getting back to those winning ways of doing things a particular way. And I think Coach McFadden has reached back into his days playing for Tom Knotts, you know, being alumni of that school. 
um, getting that program back. I think that's just been the culture of, you know, getting out there, doing things the right way, watching him do practice. He demands perfection, but he does it in a way that is uplifting and encouraging to the, to the players, if that makes sense. Jeff Taylor joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, talking high school football in the local area. You can also find the 704 High School Highlight Podcast on BayHackleEntertainment.com. You have a lot of coaches. You have a lot of those episodes up there already here, Jeff, that you've uh, posted to the website where you've talked to Sam Greiner, head coach of West Charlotte. You just mentioned DJ McFadden. What's a point from one of the coaches you spoke to uh, in particular that really stood out to you, whether it be just coaching in the state that he loves so much as you headline here with Sam Greiner? Just a comment from anyone, uh, anyone that you found particularly interesting. I would actually go out to probably um, Coach Hales at Butler. And really, if you look at the landscape of the high school we have here in the Charlotte area um, and are, you know, all the way up to Watauga and stuff like that, the amount of young coaches who've coached for less than five years who are brand new at this, Coach Hale is so impressed, Coach Hale is so impressed with what's going on with the young coaches. Um, you know, uh, Coach Ward out of Providence High School. The list goes on and on of these young coaches who are just trying to help build a program. I, and he, he mentioned just that list. And, and I think that's been the cool part is, seeing the future of where high school football is going to go. I mean, we have such wonderful talent here, but you've got these young, energetic coaches who are trying to take some of these schools and rebuild cultures. Uh, I got uh, Coach Williams out of Garinger. I did a story on him the other day. He had uh, first day of gathering, like in the spring or whatever, he had five players show up. And now he's got 30, and he's going to go out there, you know, week one, and I think take on Hopewell, um, you know, with a team that he got hired in May. And he's got less than 30 players, and he's going to go out there against Hopewell. So Coach Hale's just talking about the young, talented coaches that we have here in Charlotte. And, and just the culture they want to set is pretty exciting. And then, Jeff, I'll, I'll finish you with this. This is a two-parter. For one, my alma mater, Chambers, do they have a chance at getting back and winning that 4A state crown once again? And if not, what do they need to do? And then you can give us a couple of the uh, top players from your journey this preseason that we should be watching out for this year. Yeah, sure. You know, for Chambers, absolutely. I think um, last year it didn't end the way they wanted to, and I think they've just got that hunger. I think people have kind of written them off a little bit to a point sometimes, and I think they want to get back to that. So I don't have a doubt that, that they will that, that they will do that. Um you know, and as for the players that, you know, I look forward to seeing, and it's just probably, you know, the two that come to mind are obviously from Providence Day, who to me might have the best team in the state or one of the best teams in the nation, you know, with Jaden Davis and Jordan Ship. Um, excited to see what they do. Uh, that, 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 you know, and they play in that keep pounding classic, I think, on that Saturday night, the first Saturday night of the season. Um, so really, you know, those kids at Providence Day and, uh, you know, uh, what Coach Career has done out there is an amazing job. So that, 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 those two are the ones that I just kind of keep focusing on and the excitement they bring. And uh, I'm just curious to see how they, they, they play with all that pressure. Should be an exciting season. We're going to talk with Jeff Taylor, sports director of the CW all season long. You can find him on the podcast, 704 High School Highlight Podcast. And again, check out the CW. Jeff, thanks so much for the time, man. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Jeff. Guys, I appreciate it. Y'all have a great weekend. Enjoy your uh, enjoy the night with the FC and the football tomorrow. Yeah, All right. Absolutely. We're going to. It has been a happy football Friday. We observe 100%, and we are going to be watching on Saturday as the Carolina Panthers kick off against the Jets for preseason game number one before we get to the start of the regular season. One more hour to go. We still got plenty more football content for you coming up next. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ.